0: Hi and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series Podcast. My name is Gene Marks. I am a certified public accountant and a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications that you probably know like The Guardian, The Hill, Forbes, and Entrepreneur. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner. My 10-person company provides financial and technology management services and I'm always in need of expert advice. That includes real life advice from real life business owners like myself on how they're handling the challenges of running those small businesses. And that's what this podcast is all about. Now, today, we don't really have a business owner per se, we have an expert in a topic that I think a lot of us need to learn a lot about. The person I'm talking to today is Tammy Tyler. Tammy's the manager of Employment Law Compliance at Paychecks Inc. Tammy, is that I got that title right, right? You did. Good. I, I took it, I took it off of LinkedIn, so it better be right. <laughs> <laughs> which is like my go-to place by the way to get titles and so you know if you're listening to this make sure you're keeping your titles current on LinkedIn because that seems to be like the place where people in the media go to actually check our facts um, yeah. but Tammy we're gonna talk today um, I, I need to get everything that you know I need to squeeze out of you all the information about the Family's first coronavirus response act it impacts business owners of all sizes including my business Um, And I want to learn about it. So um, as an expert in employment law compliance, Tammy, I'm going to throw this out to you and let you talk a little bit. What is the Families First Coronavirus Response
1: Act? Well, it's what everybody's talking about, right? Um, And it's actually the second of three pieces of legislation that was passed by Congress last month in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The FFCRA, which we've been calling it, or the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, was effective April 1st. And it was really passed to help the United States combat the workplace effects of COVID-19. And it does Mm -hmm. that in several ways, including but not limited to um, expanding the unemployment insurance benefits, offering free COVID-19 testing, as well as reimbursing American private employers uh, like yourself that have fewer than 500 employees with tax credits for the cost of providing employees with paid leave for specified reasons related to COVID-19.
0: Got it, so wait, let's, so let's recap. It was unemployment benefits you said, and then what was the second thing?
1: Free COVID-19 testing.
0: Got it, and then the last one is expanding, I guess, paid leave, correct?
1: Right, so paid leave and um, a mechanism for reimbursing private employers who, who provide that leave. Okay. So really what it's, it's doing is it's helping employers to keep their workers on the payrolls um, while at the same time allowing workers to not have to choose between going in for a paycheck or doing the things that we're asking them to do to combat this virus in terms of a public health measures.
0: Got it. Okay, so first of all, does this apply to all employers or is there a limit?
1: I'm hoping we can focus mostly on the leaves part of this, Gene, and, sure. um, and and really those apply to private employers with fewer than 500 employees and certain public employers, too. So that's going to include even your nonprofits in there.
0: Right. So anybody, if you have less than 500 employees, this is going to apply to you. And I remember, because we're going to get into the paid leave requirements, You know, one of the controversial things that people were saying was, like, hey, man, this doesn't include large employers, so they're getting off the hook. Uh, but large large employers have most of them of that size have their own paid leave, you know, they, you know benefits they, they provide. Yeah, they do. So that's true. It's really designed to help employees that work for smaller companies. Is that is that a fair statement? It is fair. Yeah. Okay. And and what is the dates that this is effective, Tammy?
1: The leave portions of this became effective. actually, the FFCRA became effective on April 1st, and it's time limited, right? So it's, um, it will sunset December 31st of this year.
0: Got it. Okay, that's great. Let's get into the examples of this. so I can, I can make okay. sure I, um, you know, so my company, I've got 10 employees, um, you know I've got an employee that um, is afraid, to come into work, I'm going to hit you with some of these examples, right? <laughs> Saying like, "Oh, you know, Gene, we don't know if your office is infected or not. I just, I just don't want to come into work. Does that a, does this rule apply for that that employee?
1: It really doesn't. Mm. Um, and and maybe it's helpful to share with um, the listeners that you know there's two kinds of leaves under the FFCRI. So there is an emergency paid sick leave act. And then in addition to that, there's the Emergency Family and Medical Leave Expansion Act. Both of them are, are administered by the United States DOL, and they have released some guidance to help employers. But if we look at it from a you know, very high level, what, that, what the differences between those are and, and what those requirements are for an employer, the paid sick leave portion of this, so the Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act, is going to require employers to provide sick time, that's available for immediate use to any employee who's requiring leave for actually six different qualifying reasons. So they really lay that out. Um, Unfortunately, the the example you just gave was not one of those six. Um, The six include things like where an employee might be subject to a federal, state, or local quarantine or isolation order, if they're experiencing symptoms themselves and seeking diagnosis, all the way to, where the employee is needs time off because they're caring for a son or daughter, and that son or daughter um, is, is attending a school that has closed, and/or their um, daycare has closed due to a COVID-19 reason.
0: This is really specifically related to COVID-19, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So getting back to like the original, you know, example that I gave, where the employee is like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about contracting it." Yeah. That, you're trying to avoid getting affected, but you're not affected. Right. Whereas if you're an employee that's been told by your state and local government to stay home, you're being forced to stay home because of COVID-19, right? From what you said, if you've got a, a child that's in school, the schools have been closed because of the COVID-19 yeah. outbreak, that would apply as well. Obviously, if you're diagnosed positive with COVID-19, mm-hmm you would certainly Mm -hmm. that you would be covered. How about other family members? Like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, your, your spouse or your parents or anything like that. Is there, does it cover that as well?
1: It depends. (laughs) Um, there, there is a reason under the sick leave portion of that for caring for an individual who's subject to an order. Um, and the, the, Regulations and, and honestly, there there's some there's some complexity to these regulations, and they do try to answer specific questions like that. But um, I would say the regulations offered some clarity and some ambiguity to people yeah. who are trying to implement this. And and we're all trying to you know look to to fit our own reasons into that why we might need the time off. But I think one of the general things there is it's it, it's really where an employee um, there's no work for them to do in many cases, um, or they fit one of these other reasons for the sick or the the family leave. And we can talk about the little, a little bit more about the family one too, because there actually is only one reason in which you would be able to take, um, the expanded family leave. Okay.
0: So, um, for the, for the original one though, which is like the sick leave, cause you said there's mm-hmm. two parts of it, right? There's the sick leave and the family. Leave. And now- the
1: expanded leave. Yep.
0: But right, so my understanding is, is that if you're if you're sick or for any of those reasons that we just said, you can the employer is required to give paid time off at full pay for, I think is it 10 days? Is that is that correct?
1: Sort of. Yep. Yeah. Um full-time employees would be entitled up to 80 hours of paid sick leave, and then a part-time employee would be eligible for an amount that would be equal to their normally regularly scheduled hours in a two-week period. But the compensation during that time does vary um, based on the reason for, for taking uh-huh. the leave. And it is, um, for, for three of those reasons, it's going to be the greater of either the applicable minimum wage or the employee's regular rate of pay up to a, a maximum amount per day. Okay. The other three reasons are paid at either applicable minimum wage or the Greater of two thirds of their regular rate, and again with a different daily cap.
0: Got it. And that's for the first two weeks, if the first 10 days. That 80, they take hours. 80, 80 hours. Got hours got 80 hours or the equivalent
1: for a part timer. Yep. Exactly. Got it.
0: Okay. And then let's say it goes beyond that. How many weeks can a person take time off, and what do they get? Yeah. And that
1: again depends on the reason they're taking leave. Okay. Um, unless they're taking a leave that's covered under the expanded family leave expansion, then they're kind of done with the this federal mandate of leave. If they're taking leave for the one reason that the expanded family medical leave law allows for, which is where the employee is unable to work or telework due to the need for a leave to care for the son or daughter, again, who's because their school has closed, Um, and, uh, or their daycare is closed. If you're taking it for that reason, you do have additional time coming to you. Those employees would be up, have up to 12 weeks of time. The first two weeks are unpaid where you could actually use your paid sick leave. If you still had any available, then you would go on to be paid under the the provisions of the expanded family leave. And that again is two thirds of your regular rate of pay um, and a cap of $200 per day got it
0: so specific example so say um, i've got somebody working for me say that person has got you know a child at home that has been their, their schools are closed yep. for example okay so you know he or she has to stay at home to take care of their child right yeah. um, what's the maximum amount that that person could use and what would that cost me as the employer
1: again if they had available emergency paid sick leave to use during the first 10 days the first 80 hours they could use that otherwise it would be unpaid after that they could stay on the expanded family medical leave for up to 10 more weeks and they would be paid um, the greater of the minimum wage or two-thirds their regular rate of pay up to two hundred dollars a day aggregate of ten thousand dollars there's there's one caveat here that i will mention Jean, is that for an employer who's also covered under the Federal Family Medical Leave Act, the classic FMLA. Um, employees who are covered there, that 12 weeks, it, it is concurrent with their other FMLA. So if they already used part of their FMLA this year, that would be cut down by that amount, their availability. Got it.
0: Got it. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. So Tammy, so it's, it's complicated to figure out what to do. So do you have any recommendations like for me, like, am I, should I be talking about this with my employees and communicating this? Should I be cowering in a corner and locking my office door and hoping nobody asks about this? Um, you know, what, what recommendations would you have for, for an employer of a small company?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, Jean. I mean, certainly there is impact to a small company, maybe maybe some impact that you've never felt before. Um, we know that there's, you know, other paid sick leaves out there in certain jurisdictions, but if they applied to you as a really small employer, probably didn't have to give this much time, and it probably wasn't quite as complex. I do think as an employer, you need to be knowledgeable. You need to understand what's required of you, um, and there's no reason not to communicate that with your employees. But um, it, it is important that you know what your obligations are, how much time you're supposed to give, and you know what are those qualifying reasons? What are the record-keeping requirements that I have? All of that is going to be really important in terms of that second piece of of trying to be reimbursed for those wages that you pay out.
0: Got it. And let's talk about that reimbursement as well. And I don't know how familiar are you all with this because this is like a tax thing. Yeah. But but there is some reimbursement is involved. You can apply for tax credits, uh, refundable tax credits that will reimburse you for for you know good portion of the amount that you're paying. Is that correct?
1: That is correct, and and i won 't get too detailed in there because you're right it's it's a tax side, but um, I can say that you know you're you're only going to be reimbursed up to those caps that I talked about those daily caps mm-hmm. okay um, and it it really will be important for you to follow all the um, requirements for documentation and record keeping and to make sure that you're only giving leave and paying for it in these qualified situation if, if you hope to be reimbursed um, at that 100%
0: mark. All right, that's great. So, okay, so Tammy, so the takeaways are this, and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here, okay? <laughs> Number one is the, this expanded, you know, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, this is expanded leave that's now being offered. It's, as it says in the title, it's related to the coronavirus. So, mm-hmm. you know, if an employee wants leave, and they or their family have not been impacted by the coronavirus. Um, they there, There's a good chance they wouldn't even be eligible for That's that right. leave. Um, if they are impacted, um, you mentioned that there there are six different ways you can be impacted, which is anything from you or your family members actually being tested positive from the coronavirus to at least uh, to to being shut in because of it or having schools closed because of it, and you need leave to to address those issues. Um there's right. there's two weeks or eighty hours you said involved the first two first eighty hours could be up to a cap. They're full pay for uh you know for full timers at least again up to a cap. And then after depending that depending
1: on the reason.
0: Depending on the reason, the three, that's correct. Right. So, you so said,
1: three are at full two, three or at um two-thirds, but yeah.
0: Got it. And then after that, there's still another twelve weeks, I guess, that that they would be eligible to take. Um again at, at partial pay, depending on the reason. Is that correct?
1: Right. Only 10 of those weeks are paid. The first two weeks are unpaid of the expanded family leave. But right, the two-thirds again. That
0: that is great. And then there is some compensation you can get back from the government in the form of refundable tax credits. Um it won't be immediate, but you should definitely talk about your accountant um, about that because you claim that, I believe, through payroll taxes is how that's yep. done. But that's something that you would, you know, you need to work out with your payroll company, like paychecks, or with your accountant as well. Uh, Tammy, that's great. I appreciate it. That is a lot of great information to know. If you're an employer and you're in the middle of this pandemic that we're going through right now, and employees need time off, you do have some federal requirements that you have to abide for. It's under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, obviously. Uh, you can come back to us with more questions. So thanks, um, everybody, for more information about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions and topics. You can visit us. We have a special site on paychecks.com addressing COVID-19. It's the COVID-19 Help Center. um, And the address is paychecks.com forward slash coronavirus dash resources. Thanks for listening. My name is Gene Marks. Tammy, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you.
0: We'll be back soon with another episode addressing some other topic that affects your business. Thanks.
1: This podcast is
0: Property of Paychecks, Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.